meet the angel, folks. <laughs> now will you eat your spinach? Sure he's got a name. It's Maurice Tillet, and he's wrestling at the Boston Arena. They call him Angel because he always knocks her, uh, he always... <laughs> Look at that puss. There's a face even Delirium Tremens wouldn't have. He's very savage. You should hear him growl at a steak. But he's got the heart of a lion on the canvas. A hundred bouts he's won, and in between, he works as a jockey for Nightmare. That's Luigi Bacigalupi, he's wrestling there. He squeezes them with a bear hug, then schmutters them under his mink chest. Only one thing he's scared of. Moss. Hey, get his collar and chain. Welcome back to Living Cafe Wrestling Podcast, guys. And uh, we have a really interesting character for you today. We go all the way back 1903. Today we're talking about Maurice Tillette. Doesn't sound very familiar to you? That's okay. You're going to get familiarized with this guy. Very interesting character and uh, can't wait to jump into this. Tillette was born in 1903 in St. Petersburg, Russia to French parents. His mother was a teacher of languages and his father was a railroad engineer uh, said to be involved in the construction of the Trans-Siberian Railroad. Sadly, by the age of eight, Maurice lost his father. Sometime after this, his mother moved them to Moscow, Russia. This is where she taught at a Catholic school. You know, as a child, he, he had a normal appearance. Actually, he even had the nickname, The Angel. This was because he had such an angelic face. Now, with the Russian Revolution underway in 1917, his mother decided you know, let's move to Reims, France, and she found employment teaching languages at a local girls' college. Probably due to his mother's influence, Maurice learned to speak many languages. Maurice was a devout Catholic and attended church every Sunday. Once in 1947, he was even given the audience with the Pope. Now, by the age of 17, 1920, somewhere within this range, uh, different articles say, you know, conflicting things. But it was around this time that Maurice noticed that his head, chest, hands, and feet started to expand. And it says by 19, he was diagnosed with acromegaly. Difficult word to say. Um, I may have butchered it a little bit. It's a disease caused by a tumor in the pituitary gland. What happens is it sends too much growth hormone to the body. And it causes your bones to thicken to an abnormal proportion. Now, in his personal life, it's said that Maurice was married. Um, said it married his school sweetheart or young sweetheart. Now, stories are very conflicting about this. I've done some l deep searching, and there's even a story that on his honeymoon that they went to Africa and she was attacked by a tiger and eaten. I mean, it's just some crazy stuff. Uh, but I couldn't find any proven fact of this woman. Maurice received his secondary education at a Catholic school in Paris. Once complete, he went on to his post-secondary education, and this was to study at a university for law. He completed his law degree, however, chose not to practice his disease, his, his issue. Um, it attacked his vocal cords, so it made it hard for him to speak. This caused him to have issues uh, going further in law. He was always an athlete, though. In particular, he really enjoyed rugby. Once in 1926, he was named to an all-France rugby team. After a game in London, he received the distinction of shaking the hand of King George V, a distinction that, from what I've read, he 
he liked to mention, he would mention this often. Um, and after this, he joined the French Navy. Maurice worked as an engineer aboard many battleships, eventually achieved the rank of Chief Petty Officer, serving a total of five years. It was in this time frame that he tried his hand at a number of occupations and even acted in the French cinema. When in the course of World War II, he heard the French Navy sunk his ship to avoid the capture by the Nazis. After hearing this news, it is said that he started to cry. Now at this point, he had left the Navy and he gets news that the ship that he was on sunk itself to avoid being captured by the Nazis. Doesn't that make you think you're so afraid to be captured that you sink your ship. That's how horrible, how nasty, how disgusting the Nazis were. Now that we've covered a little bit of his personal life, let's talk about his professional wrestling career. Now, Maurice was discovered in Paris, France in 1936 or in February of 1937. Again, conflicting stories about Maurice Tillet. Uh, it was very kind of, it was hard to research Tillet on some of these things, but it was said that he was discovered by light heavyweight champion and amateur wrestler Carl Pagello. I want to say I'm probably butchering his name as well, but Carl knew Maurice's interesting look. Uh, it would make him big in professional wrestling, especially you're thinking this is the 30s, the 40s. Uh, this was a time when wrestling was a huge attraction, and you, you think wrestling kind of was established in America with uh, the circus. So he knew that this guy's persona, this guy's look would really do well in professional wrestling. And we'll get to it to show you that he was not wrong. At this time though, Maurice was working for a local Paris studio as an actor and as a doorman. In 1939, Maurice wrestled in England as The Angel, a nickname given to him by his mother. Uh, other names rumored given to him were not as kindly. Um, this includes the ugliest man in the world. And I also researched and found that the, another name was Freak Ogre of the Ring. This leads more people to believe the running speculation that the movie Shrek was based on Tillette. Now we're going to get to more of that here in a little bit. Tillette's wrestling signature move was the bear hug. Given his enormous hands feet, his bone structure, uh, that's kind of a go-to, especially when you're talking late 30s, early 40s, you know, big guys, strong guys typically went for the bear hug. Tillet wrestled for two years in France and England until World War II forced them to leave for the United States in 1939. Maurice made his American debut on January 24, 1940 at the Boston Garden. It's said he walked down the aisle, he entered the ring, leaned over the ropes, and roared at the crowd. At his American debut were Harvard scientists anticipating the sight of Maurice. They asked him if he would submit to be measured for science and Maurice agreed. They were very curious about Maurice's condition because often people with this condition didn't live past their 30th birthday back then. People with this condition would often get weak as where Tillette was still very strong and healthy at the age of 37. I believe Maurice was five foot, eight and a half inches and weighed in at 276 pounds with a 47-inch chest. Tillette had a head almost twice that of a normal man's head size, and hands that could shuffle three decks of cards. Think about that. Put a deck of cards in your hands and see if you can shuffle one. 
Maurice was declared the coolest living specimen ever known to exist. In Boston, Massachusetts, in 1940, promoter Paul Bowser pushed Tillette, who was wrestling as the French Angel, as a main eventer. The crowds flocked to see this monster of a man who was a throwback to prehistoric times. Maurice proved incredibly strong, and uh, he staged events with his strength, where he would pull a bus or a streetcar or something like that. Uh, He wrestled and won against the greatest wrestlers of his day, so it goes to show, I mean, they really invested this their time and money into Maurice. And I think they even said if you take with inflation today, over his career, he made I think it was somewhere around five hundred and fifty thousand dollars with inflation of today. I mean that's that's crazy for you know, we're talking forties wrestler. His persona was fierce, and although he stood as a heel, he was a very kind and educated, well-mannered man outside of the ring. He became a huge draw in the area, and as a result of his popularity, Tillette was booked as an unstoppable force. And on May 13, 1940, Maurice defeated Steve Cassie by disqualification for the AWA, the American Wrestling Association World Title in Boston. And then he beat him clean two weeks later. I had no idea that Maurice Tillette wrestled for the AWA, let alone held their championship. Now, by 1940, Tillette reinvigorated professional wrestling. Crowds dramatically increased just to witness this man's body and his ability. He remained unbeaten for 19 months, but on May 13, 1942, Maurice lost the AWA title back to Steve Cassie. Although no longer billed as unstoppable, the Angel remained a very popular draw. Now, when you think of guys with this condition, wrestlers with this condition, uh, also known as giantitis and a few other things, today we think of people like Andre the Giant, The Big Show, The Great Khali, even Giant Gonzalez, and for some of us, you may remember Sky High Lee. I know those are very popular names whenever you think about this condition. And again, even being beaten, he was still, you know, he wasn't booked as unstoppable, but he was still a very popular draw. You know, he held the AWA world title in Boston from May 13th, 1940 to May 13th, 1942. And the Montreal world title from March 30th, 1942 to June 25th, 1942. He was also the AWA champion from August 1st, 1944 until August 15th, 1944. Now this is a man who already served for the French Navy, comes to America, becomes a wrestler, a very famous wrestler, and then Tillette reported to the U.S. Army in 1942 to serve in the war effort. I mean, this guy was so devoted to this new country, and honestly, he was devoted to the world that he would come here, start a career, and then report to the U.S. Army because he wanted to serve in World War II. But unfortunately, he was told that he would be too much of a curiosity and a distraction, and he was denied service. In February 1947, Tillette took his oath of citizenship to the United States. Now, this is the kind of story that you love to hear when it comes to people coming to this country and wanting to become a citizen. He came here, he worked hard, he tried to join the U.S. Army to fight for this country, went through the proper steps, and then became a United States citizen. I mean, what can you say about that? Other than, you know, what a stand-up guy. Wrestling promoter Jack Pfeffer recognized the genius in the wrestling name Angel. This guy started importing other angels with physical abnormities. (laughs) The influx forced Maurice to change his nickname 
angel to the French angel. And I'm guessing with the theft of his very personal name given to him by his mother is why when Maurice and Jack Pfeffer first met face to face, Maurice slapped him across the face. Maurice's appearance drew significant attention when he was in public. And this is probably likely why he was a very personal, private guy. And he's very particular about his private life and his friends. By 1945, Tillette's health began to fail, and he was no longer advertised as unstoppable. In his final wrestling match in Singapore on February 14, 1953, working the NWA National Wrestling Alliance Mid-South Area, then known as Tri-State, owned by Leroy McGurk, he agreed to lose to Burt Azarotti. Now, not uncharacteristic of the time, in 1950, Chicago sculptor Louis Link befriended Tillette, and he decided to make a series of plaster busts commemorating him for his wrestling career. Again, this happened a lot back in this time. They would do a lot of um, busts of faces of celebrities or somebody who had done something important of the time. One of the busts is actually in the Chicago International Museum of Surgical Science, and believe it or not, the other one is in the personal collection of Bruce Pritchard. Now let's talk about Tillette's death for a second. Uh, sadly, this is something that we have to cover. Tillette's friend Carl, who we spoke of earlier, who discovered Tillette, his wife Olga, and Maurice went together on a mansion at 726 West Garfield Boulevard in Chicago. The three of them were living at this location together in 1954. In 1954, Carl had lung cancer, and Maurice had recently recovered from a bout of pneumonia. Maurice also suffered from an enlarged heart caused from his acromagnia. Now, Carl died on September 4, 1954. When Maurice was informed of Carl's passing, Maurice became ill and was taken to the county hospital, where he passed away only 13 hours after his best friend. They were buried side by side in a family plot in Illinois. Now, throughout Tillette's career, he didn't only wrestle, um, he did act in, I believe, six motion pictures. So, not only did he have the look for wrestling, he had the look to act. And, you know, he was an intelligent, well-spoken, well-mannered, knew many languages, and interesting guy. So, of course, Hollywood would be interested in Tillette. Now to what we spoke of earlier. I promised you we would get back to... Donkey! Shrek. Believe it or not, Tillette even makes the news with a DreamWorks motion picture. Uh, most of you remember Shrek, and the long-standing rumor since Shrek came out has been that Maurice Tillette was the influence for the character. Now... Was he the influence for the character? I don't know. Um, it's been widely believed, although DreamWorks has never confirmed precisely where Shrek's inspiration came from. The film was actually originally written and animated to fit Chris Farley. But when Chris Farley died, the whole thing got scrapped and a whole new film was written. Um, you know, in a rush to create a new film, it was presumed that DreamWorks found Maurice the perfect representation of an older, wiser, grumpier ogre, yet posing a noble character of a hero. The physical characteristics, as well as traits of Maurice 
and his wrestling persona, the French Angel, appear to be evident throughout the film. So, you know, take it for what it is. It's a fun story. It's fun to think that Tillette was the influence for Shrek all these years later. And I guess we'll just always kind of, you know, believe this or hope that this is true until DreamWorks tells us where the inspiration came from. Hopefully they don't tell us because I think it's a fun little legend and it adds to the mystique of Maurice Tillette and maybe people will continue to go back and hear the story and research Tillette because throughout this research, I really became a huge fan of this guy. Um, You know, it's an inspirational story of a guy who grew up in Russia, lost his father who worked on the Siberian Railroad before he was eight, Um, a mother who spoke multiple languages who took him out of the area to avoid the revolution that was going on. You know, he ended up himself learning multiple languages, going to law school, passing law school, going to the Navy, um, had been on the famous ship that I remember learning about in school that sunk itself to avoid the Nazis. Um, Of course, he was already out of the Navy uh, when this had happened. You know, going to America, living that America dream, became a famous wrestler. He got his citizenship. He tried to fight for our country in World War II, became an actor, just a complete inspiration of a guy who had something like acromeglia and made the best of it. Sadly, you know, he did pass away at an early age and we'll maybe never know who the woman in his life was. But I do strongly suggest that you go on the internet and find some of his matches and watch them. Maybe do a little research yourself on him. I think you'll become a fan too. I really had fun with this one, guys. I had fun researching him. I became a huge fan in the process and I wanted to keep it short and sweet so you guys could stay interested throughout the entire thing and maybe go out and check out Maurice's work. Um, There's still videos of him wrestling on the internet. I hope you enjoyed this as much as I enjoyed doing it. Ring the bell.